on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Get rich or data trying. Profiles, discussions and forums, and organizational structured data is here. A new addition to video campaigns is coming to Google Ads, and we'll give you the long and the shorts of it. Chrome is where the card is. Merchant Center promotions can now show in the Chrome browser. All on today's show. Welcome, you are listening to Marketing O'Clock, just stay tuned Digital marketing news, but let's get specific Digital ads, SEO and analytics Social media and more Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform New shows every Friday We'll give you the news with sass and puns And definitely high takes Thank you for tuning in You know what time it is it's officially marketing o'clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. I'm Jess Bud. I'm Nicole Waddington. And it is officially marketing o'clock. Here on December 1st, 2023. And before we get into all the digital marketing news of the week, let's give a little recap. What happened last week? Anything fun, y'all? So it's deer hunting season. If you're a longtime listener of the show, you know that I have a neighbor in particular that ha- loves deer. We see deer all the time coming by. Loves, the loves them? <laughs> loves deer. And I was getting dropped off by a friend. It was late at night, dark out. And when I got out, I thought I'd stepped in a puddle. Okay. Can, can we elaborate what you mean by loves deer first? Uh, okay, oh, you want to, I don't want to really like start. Okay, 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 loves deer. Yeah, gotcha. Loves you deer. stepped into a puddle. Um, and I had luggage with me, so you know, put the suitcase down on the curb. So happy to be home after a long flight. Walk in the house, I'm starving. I just go straight to the kitchen, don't even take my shoes off to get a snack. 20 minutes later, I look down, there's blood everywhere. <laughs> it's like a scene out of Dexter. <laughs> Blood all over my white sneakers. <laughs> That's what you get for not taking your shoes off when you get I home. I was hungry. <laughs> Me too, but so, I had white sneakers on. There was oh. blood over the all over the white sneakers, all over the kitchen floor. So for new listeners, how did this actually mm-hmm. happen? So I live next to someone who owns a deer processing truck, trailer, whatever you want to call it. And I thought he was doing really sucky business because I never, the first year living there, saw a deer get dropped off, except like once. So I was like, people must not be going to him to get their deer processed. This year, business is booming oh, because wow. he must have not cleaned off the curb and somebody must have dropped a deer oh. like right outside and they were carrying it up and there were like... There was a puddle of blood and deer guts that I stepped in. I thought it was water. It wasn't water. Is it on your luggage, too? Did you, like, roll blood to the door? Yes. There was a trail going up the driveway through the house. And I did end up cleaning off all the blood on my shoes. They're white. They're sparkling clean. Never been cleaner. Well, with the waterfall of blood, it sounds like his business is doing well, at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen a lot of deer come in and out of that Do you watch in the trailer? Do you get to see, like... The grinding parts of it? I wish. No. If I'm going to step in the blood, I want to like see it too and like see the process. You should ask if you could watch when they like shadow, <laughs> professional shadow. <laughs> but they career. just drop a deer off in the lawn? Like they pull up in their trucks and they're so excited, right? Because they just got it. Yeah. They got a fresh bloody deer yes, for exactly. your sneakers. And I see, 
usually two or three people get it out of the truck and carry it up the driveway into the processing trailer. Mm. And I don't know what happens after that. Does he just have like a massive garbage day every Ugh. week? Like no. Where does it all go? I, that's what I'm wondering. It's like bio waste, right? You he probably eat, has you can't to eat the bones. somewhere. You can't yeah. just throw it away, can you? I don't think so. You could probably just throw it over there. Mm. It's not on my driveway. Well, no, no. Yeah. But I just feel like if a deer yeah. died in the woods, you leave it. Just and on the side of the road, people leave it. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, mine's nowhere near as gross, but there could be blood because I have noticed an uptick in people running red lights. Have you noticed this? Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. Like, why? All of a sudden, I, I was at an intersection this morning on my way in, and I am stopped, and the truck coming at me in the other direction is stopped at the red light. Not, like, didn't even just come up to it and go. Was at yeah. a full stop and drove through, mm-hmm. and I don't understand, like, he just decided to go. He was impatient. What's going on? There's only one solution for that. What's that? You just start running the red lights yourself. I would never. I feel, wait, I am- wait, 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 wait. <laughs> when you see a yellow light, what do you do when you see the light turn yellow? If my son is in the car, I assess the situation and will either go through if it's safe or slow down to a stop. If I'm by myself, I speed up and go through for sure. You? You see a turn yellow? I speed up. I go through. It's orange. Okay. Yeah. Unless it's winter. In winter, I don't. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. If there's ice, like, you got to yeah, be yeah, safe. But yeah. if you're far I speed back, up. yeah, stop. Because yeah. I, I just mm-hmm. feel like sometimes trying to stop people are so bad at driving now you just get rear-ended because yeah. nobody pays attention yeah. everybody's trying to go through anyway yeah but that's the thing if you're like still in motion and you run the red light I, that is somewhat acceptable if you are at a stop you are stopped you at the red light and then you decide to go, to go. Oh, I'm not yeah. that's what i saw that this yeah. morning no, i've seen it like two or three time. times I recently think it's only a western new york thing it's i've seen it in the city yeah people people that come in out of town they like watch i we see it happen all the time, and they're like, "Did that just really happen?" I'm like, "It happens all the time, all the time." Mm-hmm. Huh. For some reason, recently. Mm-hmm. All right, well, watch out out there. Um, something you should be watching for, however, it's something that SEOs and marketers are gonna like. I want to tell you about today's sponsor, Wix Studio, the platform that gives agencies total creative freedom to deliver complex client sites while still smashing deadlines. Let's start off with SEO. Maybe you've been hiding under a rock and you haven't heard our interview up with George Wynn from Wix, but SEO is at the core of Wix Studio, baked into every edit, update, and action that you take. Wix has some of the best in-class defaults, automations, and bulk actions to free up time, and you can customize it at scale for more control. With Wix Studio, You can say goodbye to endless plugins and hello to native integrations with Google, Facebook, Instagram, Amazon, TikTok, and many more. And on the creation side, you can efficiently bring your most ambitious projects to life thanks to smart design features, flexible development tools, integrated business solutions, and seamless workflow. Workflows. There's multiple. It's plural. Stop what you're doing right now and get to Wix Studio. It's plural, folks. Even after clients take over, built-ins like automatic redirects can help sites stay optimized for long-term growth. And speaking of growth, you can track every campaign against client KPIs, automate monthly emails to share learnings with clients. All this is backed by fast, resilient infrastructure that's built to scale. Off of the script right now, this is something that makes building websites fast, easy, and while Wix is fantastic, sometimes as an agency, you need a little bit more control. And Wix Studio is a game changer. It saves you time. You don't need full custom dev builds, 
but you can still make a website look exactly like you want it to. So if you want to find out more, it's wix.com forward slash studio. That's wix.com forward slash studio, wix.com forward slash studio. And into the main news this week, somebody throw that Undertaker gif up because authorship is back, baby. And what this year is it? Undertaker? No, authorship. Oh, authorship. <laughs> it, it, it dies once a year and comes back once a year. I think this is actually the second time it's come back this year. That's amazing. Uh, but this is actually fairly big. And plays into what we've been talking about with a lot of the perspectives that are showing up in the search results pages. If you recall, that started showing up more on mobile first and has moved on to desktop. Many times perspectives, which are generally from a TikTok, a YouTube, some sort of social outlet, uh, show up again at the very top above what we would call the you know kind of 10 blue links of traditional SERPs. And Google search is now supporting profile page structured data and discussion forum structured data. And it seems to me, kind of reading the tea leaves here and what Google is saying, is that this is to get some of those fresh perspectives and not have some of the same old SERPs that we're used to. We talked about last week and the week before some of the hidden gems um, update that happened a month and a half ago-ish, it seems, where more user-generated content like sites like Reddit and things like that were trying to be... Um, kind of find some of the gems of knowledge in there and have those rank higher than some other sites. But the cool thing is now you can add that profile page structured data and markup for creators, people in or people or organizations to share the first hand perspectives. The markup will help Google highlight the creator's name or social handle, profile photo, follower count, or the popularity of the content in the Google search results. They gave an example of what it looks like. It just looks like perspectives to me. You can see that there's a, um, a slider there, or I guess a, a section there on perspectives, and you can see that that's where the content comes through. So if you have somebody like, let's say, me at Cypress North, and we want to put into um, my profile page all of my different um, information in a structured format, link to all my official handles and things like that, that could be something that could help to elevate that in perspectives. And same with y'all too. But Jess doesn't have any updates. So sure maybe more same with Nicole here. <laughs> Big deal. If you have somebody on behalf of your brand, you need to implement this and do this. This is a big change. Mm -hmm. And as I've said twice already today, it goes to the top of the SERPs in many examples. All right, and there is discussion forum structured data. This is for any forum style site where people share firsthand perspectives. Um, and according to Google, they say, when forum sites add this markup, Google search can better identify online discussions across the web and make use of this markup and features such as discussions and forums and perspectives. Um, and it looks pretty much like what you would think, basically pulling out um, sort of a message, it, it appears, the date of that message and sort of the context around that forum. So I think this is actually going to be pretty huge for these forums. Forums are like notoriously bad for actually being able to find they anything in them. look like the oldest internet too. I know. Out there. So the few that do this, I that know, implement this, it'll be great. There are some of the most passionate freaks yeah. in all those like old mm -hmm. school. Like the older school looking the forum, like the more meticulous mm -hmm. the freak is about whatever the topic. You're yep. just like, passionate. You're just like the biggest fan. So um, I think this is really cool. And then in Search Console, there will be 
um, tools to help you monitor discussion threads and profile page markup issues. So uh, there are some screenshots of what the reports may look like, and you should be able to see that in Search Console. Um, again, unlike what we talked about with notes, where there's not really any way to get that feedback or see the feedback or see the notes or anything like that, the nice thing here is you can, um, again, see some of those issues and monitor some of that um, threads. And again, this what they showed was sort of like if something's valid or invalid. So love to see it. Get it set up today. If you need help, give us a ring. We'll get it done for you. Oh, sorry. I forgot. There's another piece of structured data that came out um, on Wednesday when we record. I This was like late right before we were, we were recording, a little later in the day. But Google Search is now supporting organization markup as well. So this is just like, we just got all the markup here in the first story. And what you can do with is to help show your business or organization the correct details in Google Search. Uh, and this will also show in Search Console and your rich results report. This is huge because the way that Google launched with the um, favicons in search was wildly broken. You had a client that we had to work mm -hmm. with to try to fix some of it. Um, this structured data will allow you to give your organization name and to give the instruction of what um, logo to use. So this is like a godsend mm -hmm. because I know Glenn Gabe, well, actually, he probably, didn't, he probably got so much money off of this because he was like <laughs> the only one that could fix things. <laughs> so Glenn, I would say he's Sorry, probably Glenn. Yeah. rejoicing out there, but he's probably, he's, He's got enough people coming to him. He needs, he's rejoicing just because he's great. Yeah, if you have an algo up there, go hire Glenn Gabe. But anyway, um, he he would always put out these huge posts of like, how do you do these? They have like six different steps of how to make sure that you have the right company name and uh, picture showing up as your favicon. Um, hopefully this will um, allow him, free him up to take on more, more work. We'll leave it at that. All right. Rejoice. Next up, it might be pants season outside, but for advertisers inside, it is time to put on shorts. Google is hitting the gas on their rollout of shorts ads for video reach campaigns. Many folks are reporting seeing this option in their accounts already, noticing the ability to choose shorts ads as a video format, integrate them with in-stream ads, and also combine them with in-feed ads. But Google has noted that while it's no longer in beta and they are rolling it out, it is not available globally just yet. It'll be coming to all advertisers in the coming months. So don't be discouraged. If you don't have it yet, you will be getting it. This is official. If you want to check if it's available in your account, just go to create a campaign. You create it without goals guidance, of course, because that's where all of the real options are. Select video. And then if it's available, it will be under the um, under video in the efficient reach section. So that's exactly where to go and look for it. If you do have it and you're looking to test shorts ads, Aaron Jones wrote a guide for Search Engine Land uh, last year that lays out how to create shorts and has some tips for boosting engagement and view counts. That's for shorts in general, not for ads. And as I said, it's about a year old. Still a good resource if you're looking for some inspiration how to get started. And it's probably worth a test, especially if you found success on, say, TikTok or with Instagram Reels. Just we say this with everything, but don't flip your entire strategy just because it's now available. Add it into your creative mix and test it. But I mean, if traditional video ads are working well for you, don't turn those off either. But people are going to be testing this. People are going to be playing with this. And we'll talk more later about how TikTok is going a little bit longer form, but everybody else is going shorter form. And if you can make some money, throw up some good ads, maybe get in ahead of the game if it's available to you already. 
And small update for anyone running shopping campaigns on Google, Dennis Moons at Dennis Moons on X. Notice you can now show merchant promotions in the Chrome browser. He said, came across this setting while setting up a new promotion in Google Merchant Center. And it looks like it's just a simple checkbox for um, free listings in the Chrome browser. So look out for that in your uh, settings if you run shopping. And I don't recall anything like this ever making its way from Merchant Center to Chrome or like any Google product to Chrome outside of mm -hmm. like extensions themselves. Mm, that's a good point. So I, th I feel mm -hmm. like this is like a big deal. And this is what I was saying before, like if notes were at the Chrome browser level, mm. that would be something interesting because if you don't have a comment section, you could use that as like a comment section. So pretty cool to see that you can have those promotions, have it show somehow like, you know, what people are doing with Honey and the Capital mm -hmm. One thing and all that. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's take of the week. It's a visual one for all you podcast listeners here, but I'm going to explain <laughs> it. Right, you know, you know what a Venn diagram is. Yeah, I'm not going to look. I'm just going to experience it like the listeners okay. do. It's where you see the overlaps, right? And Steve Lamar on LinkedIn has the GA4 plan, and there are four bubbles not really overlapping anything. There's kind of one big thing that's trying to overlap with everything. It's like an amoeba. Yeah, mm -hmm. the, so, but anyway, the four things are conversions struck through, saying key events, confusing attribution. 24-hour data delays, and must-use BigQuery. Again, these aren't overlapping with anything yet. And then there's a big amoeba-looking thing that's avoiding all those bubbles, <laughs> not intersecting with anything, and it's called what marketers need. <laughs> not overlapping with anything I gotta that's look being offered. <laughs> so <laughs> this is going to go better on YouTube. But it was pretty entertaining. I just yeah. appreciate the yeah. fact that Steve, get all this. And I, the, the cherry on top was the fact that conversion was there and he crossed it out and said key events. Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. ICYMI people, this is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. This week's ICYMI comes from Mike Ryan at Mike Ryan Retail on X. He posted, I'm calling it early. X is the front runner for 2024 placement exclusion of the year. <laughs> Revisit this tweet in six months time. And it was in response to a search engine land article um, that was talking about X's key advertisers aren't pausing campaigns. They're walking away. We'll revisit. We need an assistant here because I want to yeah. be like, remind me in six mm, months, mm -hmm. but I don't want to put it in my calendar right now. Yeah. Schedule a post. I'll just do it right now. Just put do it in my calendar. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll, we'll check back in six months. Now it's time for this week's Pew Pew Lightning Round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. First up in the paid universe, Microsoft Advertising has launched a new tool for enhanced ad revenue analytics. So the dashboard is called Monetized Insights, and it includes a couple tabs. One is Total Revenue tab, and the other is Bid Rejection tab that will show ad quality information, floor rules, bid re rejection by deals, and demand issues. So 
as advertisers, we love when platforms give us more insights and hopefully these are actually helpful and actionable. You know what? I feel Mm -hmm. like in your house, you could maybe have a couple of floor rules yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, next time I'll take off my shoes. (laughs) And Stephanie Kolani on LinkedIn posted a notice that Google has started creating automatic assets despite having auto-apply recommendations turned off and automatically created assets off in their settings. So in some cases, Google has created business name and logo assets automatically, which is super (laughs) scary. That's terrifying. Like, it changed my name? Yeah. Maybe it's a better logo. (laughs) I doubt it. (laughs) But like... (laughs) Wait, you didn't like those PMAX videos they made? Oh, okay. Yeah, very scary. So check your set settings, people, in Google. Yeah, and I mean, check them, but it sounds like it doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. And speaking of Google, too, there was an analytics report that accused Google of quietly placing ads on non-Google websites, posing a potential risk to brand safety. So this study had referenced an unnamed Fortune 500 company that was surprised to learn that its ads were being served on, quote, many non-Google websites, including Breitbart. That was a site that the company had specifically added to its account-level domain exclusion several years before. Google denied this accusation, saying that the examples shared in the report are from their programmable search engine, or Pro-SE. On Pro-SE, ads may appear based on the user's specific search query they are not targeted to or based on the website they appear on. Yeah, I mean, this is a problem why of search partners mm-hmm. is you can have exclusion lists for display, but you don't have exclusion lists for search partners. partners. Mm-hmm. So if, if you, you have that turned on. Yeah. If you, not, it's for the programmable search. It used yeah. to be custom search. Mm-hmm. Like if you've got that, you can go on those sites and you don't have the exclusion mm-hmm. list because it's not technically a display ad. Right. It's a search ad. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you get around that. You don't. Right. It <laughs> seems like they should add an option. To have an exclusion list yeah. for search partners, then. Well, you have a, an exclusion list, yeah. or you just, that's why you just or you turn just them don't off. Well, yeah, check, advertisers don't should just not. The yeah, they partner network. Yeah. I would yeah. say caveat: keep search partners on for branded is is helpful. You, or at least test it yourself. Mm-hmm. Test yeah. it and see yeah. what happens. Yeah. But if yeah. you're going to do one thing with search partners, your branded search is the one thing to test. That's the only thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know of a way to turn off exclusions on search that I'm aware of. There, there might be a way out there. I just don't know. I, we, we don't use search yeah. partners a ton unless mm-hmm. it's for branded stuff. And in that case, many times we just want to make sure we get them back to our site. And more updates from Google on SEO Roundtable. Google posted a new policy update saying it won't allow personalized advertising for consumer finance in the United States or Canada starting February 28th, 2024. So you won't be able to target anyone based on their gender, age, parental status, marital status, or zip codes. If you violate this new policy, it will not lead lead to immediate account suspension without prior warning. A warning will be issued at least seven days prior to any suspension of your Google Ads account. So just something to be aware of. I know they've also done this for um, other ad categories as well. I think generally this this is good. Like the the mm-hmm. few I like folks that might see an issue is I know there are books targeted to specific demographics, right? Where you're trying to make it easier in that case. 
you're not going to be able to do that, I, I would assume. But the only thing that doesn't make sense to me is the zip code targeting. Because if you're in consumer finance, and this is related to credit lending, banking products and services, certain financial planning, how do you not, like if you're a local branch, how do you not target by, mm-hmm. is it radius then? Like Yeah, if zip code's mm-hmm. the only thing, I feel like you could, there's other location targeting options. And they specify that one. Or like oh, that's vote. true. Can you do it by like voting district? Is that something you can do? I, I, don't, I don't know. know. Mm. But if you're a local business offering loans, not being able to target zip codes could be an issue. Yeah. All right. Next up in paid news, Sean Ellie at SLE2134 on X said, every time you update Google Ads Editor, there are slight setting changes. The one we found this week, remarketing or display campaigns default to observation mode even when adding audiences. Cool, Google, cool. Not cool. No, I've seen that a ton too. And you just got to double check Mm-hmm. on the web once you push yep. live now because that's a life we're living. You give us a tool to make things faster and now you're adding extra steps. And if you want to hear more Sean Ellie, head over to our channel at Marketing O'Clock on YouTube. We got an interview with Sean, the AdSquire guys, and um, some more folks there. So uh, don't miss that. Over the holiday week, Google accidentally sent out an email telling some advertisers that their account had been suspended. So this notification was triggered by a technical fault and issued just hours before the Thanksgiving holiday. At least it's not like a a big shopping time of the year. (laughs) NBD. Yeah. So Ginny Marvin from her ads liaison account on X said that additional communications explaining the error would be sent. So that's super helpful. (laughs) Panic right before you are probably out of office for the holidays. Nothing ruins Thanksgiving dinner (laughs) like an account (laughs) suspension. (laughs) And Barry Schwartz at Rusty Brick on X said and reported that Jerry Dishler, Google Ads head, was stepping down. Wow, DOJ had any impact on that? And then he also tagged uh, G Sterling at Greg Finn too. More info to come soon. He's going after all the Gregs in this one. I like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you responded, he must have been hiding in the cushion. <laughs> they shook him out. Oh, yeah, he was in the wrong spot, wrong time. He was... Trying to hide, you know, yeah. just shake it out. Yeah, shake the cushions, but, shake it out, like Lauren <clears throat> said. I feel yeah. like that Jerry got again infamous for his DOJ quote of shaking the cushions from trying to make mm-hmm. more revenue for the current quarter. I feel like he's doing. I feel like I know probably where he's going to go. Microsoft. No, I think he's more like Value City Furniture. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. They're aggressive you, when you walk, right? Yeah. When you walk into Value, Value City Furniture. Yeah, use those skills. Yeah. Get those skills going, you know? That's funny, too, because cushions. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's the joke. So she, from her ads liaison account, did respond and said, just to address the speculation, this was his decision and not related to the trial okay. to pursue something new following nearly 15 years working. Google ads. Thank you, Jenny, for the follow-up. <laughs> you cannot survive that we're going to shake the cushions of your advertisers. So I appreciate your your input, Jenny, but this was coming whether Jerry liked it or not. Yes, I'm sure he stepped down. I'm sure he would not. You can't survive that quote. No. We have shirts with it. 
Yeah. That was that was the last straw. He's like, you know what? There's shirts out of here. I'm out. Oh my god, I go to store.marketingclock.com. <laughs> So if you're shopping for a couch at Value City, be sure to wear your Shake the Cushion shirt. Yeah. You might have to remove the uh, value from the name. <laughs> More Google. <laughs> it's just called City Furniture. Yeah. And nobody knows why except digital marketers. <laughs> it's because he can't take value-based bidding with him while he goes to work at Value City Furniture. So oh, Yeah, just City Fern. <laughs> Thomas Assel on LinkedIn posted and noticed that app campaign seasonality adjustments are in beta for many Google Ads accounts. So that's kind of cool. It was already available for search, display, shopping, and PMAX. Now available if you're running any apps. And that Thomas, he finds everything. You should follow him on LinkedIn. I'm going to go out and try to find new people to follow on LinkedIn, BBC. You're on LinkedIn now? No, I I know I need to be on there. Mm -hmm. I'm dreading it. I am... I just don't have the capacity right now, the mental capacity. Not oh, the time. for sure. I just, that seems so dreadful to me. But I'm going to go on there, I'm going to do like some thirsty posts too. I'll be like, who PBC or should I follow? And then I'll just get engagement and whatever. Hmm. There's a trick, everyone. Yeah. All right. And Ben Turner at Ben BGT Digital on X posted, seeing impression share metrics in selected Google LSA accounts could be useful. Metrics seem wildly different to an LSA ranking tool I briefly used. One of them must be off. And then he tags Anthony Higman and says, Higman! See these metrics under the reports tab before? Um, And we don't run LSA ads, so I'll just read verbatim what Anthony said. Hey, Ben, no, this is definitely new. Awesome find. And thanks, thank God, because me and a few others have been screaming for this. My whole thing since the intro of LSA is how I can accurately report on Google ads when LSA is in the mix and you have no idea how or when. And then he also adds, what's cool is that these metrics I haven't been able to see before. You can see a lot of data in LSA accounts from the account level if you are creative but haven't been able to see positioning metrics before. Although, again, my beef with this platform is that is separate, but really exactly the same and run out of Google Ads accounts. I hate it because my take is that it is just a rebrand of Google Ads, but in black box and that it is just further conditioning us to accept black boxes in advertising. Can I say my fun fact on this? Yeah. You had said LSA ads. Mm -hmm. That is a RAS syndrome. You know know how much I love RAS syndromes, right? ATM machines. Yes, yeah. it means recursive it's... acronym syndrome. Yes, but RAS right. syndrome itself right. is a RAS syndrome because it's RAS syndrome. It's the smartest thing I've ever discovered in my life. But LSA ads it's is a recursive redundant. acronym yes. syndrome or RAS syndrome. So just LSAs. Yeah. Yeah. No SEO ads. optimization. <laughs> People say that. All right, and more from Anthony Higman at Anthony Higman, Higman. On, on X. He's posted, just spotted, Google now including green highlighted text in ads. So he has a screenshot of uh, SERP and in one of the sponsored ads, assuming that this is something that you put in your search query, it's highlighted in green um, part of the description. Yeah, I wonder though, because that was my first thought too, but there's no way that they typed, typed, you may qualify for compensation. So they might say, do I qualify for compensation, something like that, but yeah. Also, what complete moron would click on that ad from workers-compensation-law, here's the kicker, .us. .us? Who's clicking on that ad? I don't know. It's got green highlighted text. 
feel like my eyes are going right Workers there. Workers-compensation-law.us. I loved their blog last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's the longest URL ever. And you got a US. It's a .US. You have two dashes. It's like 20 characters. You couldn't even get the .com. Get out of here with that. You should not be highlighted. There should be a limit on your domain name length. All right. Anthony Higman also Higman. posted, Hey, Google, your cleverer expanded keyword matching is straight trash. Capital letters. You are making the same mistake here that you are making with LSA. A work injury lawyer is not a labor lawyer or a hostile work environment lawyer. Stop making workers' compensation into labor law, please. Thanks. There will be a point soon where you cross the threshold and advertisers will bounce. Please stop. And then he has a screenshot of all the egregious matching search queries to his keywords. They're totally different. One is like more personal injury based. One is labor. What what are we doing here? Like this is where when they came out with all the close variants are like, mm -hmm. we know the difference between milk chocolate and chocolate milk. They don't. You no. don't. They you don't. sure effing don't know the difference between these two because I can see it here mm -hmm. and these things are not the same. All right. Moving on from all the Google news, we have some X news. There are reports that suggest that companies like Disney, Paramount, Lionsgate, Sony Pictures, and Universal have temporarily paused campaigns. However, key brands have actually ceased advertising altogether after Elon Musk endorsed an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory, which he has since refused to apologize for. So it also includes that X is potentially facing a loss of up to $75 million in ad revenue by the end of this year, according to the New York Times. Not looking too hot for X. Check back in six months. <laughs> No, I'm not putting that back in another game. <laughs> All right. And last in the paid universe, LinkedIn has announced that there are new ad platform measurement updates. You can now track campaign performance without cookie tracking using LinkedIn's new conversions API. So you can either use a direct API integration or a third-party tool to connect your online and offline data to LinkedIn. And on to organic. And reminder, today's show is brought to you by Wix, who also has the phenomenal Serps Up podcast. I will tell you, I will attest, I will swear on a stack of Bibles, whatever you want, that Crystal Carter and Morty Oberstein are, a, are they're better in person than they are on the show. And they are phenomenal on the show. Met them for the first time out in Brighton SEO. Phenomenal the most delightful folks you've ever met. And they have a phenomenal podcast called the Serps Up Podcast. My favorite thing about that is it's the edutainment factor. It's not just, oh, here's, here's the news, then something like that. It's more, let's have fun, let's learn, let's all have a good time while getting better. That was the whole thought of this show here. And I was just listening to the show that dropped on Wednesday with um, Ashwin from Optimizer, um, who was on our PPC list, uh, power listener of the show. The opening was phenomenal. It was talking about Meatloaf. All three of them are singing at the one artist? point. Yeah, the artist? Yeah, the artist. Talking about Meatloaf, talking about buying links and what they would do, but they wouldn't do that. I love that. And then yeah. Ashwin is talking about, because I guess it's Beg. 
Is that what that's for? Is that what it's for? I don't know. But anyway, I don't want to spoil I it. I never knew. But the only the only disclaimer I have is they are now infringing upon our show title names. We cannot have Episode that. 64. I would do anything for links, but I won't do that. Mm. No, it's still fantastic. You still need to check it out. The Serps Up podcast. And like we said before, Wix is leading the way here. If you want to find out more of why Wix is leading the way, listen to our interview with George Wynn from Wix. Um, he has the entire SEO learning hub. That's his deal, making that work. And Serps Up podcast is one element of that. And it is a fantastic element it's fun, it's informative, and there's so much evergreen content in there. You will go, you'll have fun, and you will learn along the way. Must listen. Serps Up Podcast, Serps Up Podcast, Serps Up Podcast. And two weeks into its Ignite event, Microsoft made a snoozy announcement, according to Computer World. The company was rebranding its generative AI-based Bing chat and calling it Copilot instead. So they said a whole hum. Maybe this is like another day at the office, right? But it seems like it might be more consequential than you think. According to Computer World, so again, you need to trust Computer World. They're saying that it's signaled that they're throwing in the towel on the internet search war with Google and is turning its full attention to AI. So they've taken the AI that was pretty good, right? It was sort of a hybrid of OpenAI and Microsoft. To, in order to get it, because it was very good, they moved it to Bing, hoping that Bing would grow. Bing actually declined. So now they're calling it Copilot and hoping that that sort of becomes the answer. I think this is smart. If you can say, our search just hasn't worked for a long time. A lot of people use Windows. Maybe there's a way that in that little search bar, you can have something super helpful. So like that's my Copilot. Mm, I like the name Copilot. Never really it. liked the name Bing. Got it. And then the Computer World article said, if you dig a little bit deeper, you will find it's a signal Microsoft is seeding the search market to Google, believing search is the past and AI is the future. We're seeing more of that with um, audience ads and things mm -hmm. like that, um, at least on the ad platform in Microsoft advertising. Worth a read. Can't confirm or deny, but that's Computer World's take, and it's a, a good one. You say Computer World again? <laughs> Computer World. All right, and the Google November 2023 core update is now complete. It started on November 2nd and took almost four weeks to roll out, completing on November 28th. It is the longest core update in history. Is that a fact? Fact from Barry Schwartz. We just lived through talker. it. We just wow. lived through yeah. that history, you guys. Yeah, for like a long time. Four <laughs> weeks. Hey, what's that noise? It's time for Barry's Charts with Greg. All right. So in this week's Barry's Charts with Greg, we've got, I'm just going to put this here until they change the visual of the charts. Number three every week is always going to be winter. I love how thin these lines are. I've never seen charts like this. These charts are like two pixels wide. This is the dumbest chart I've ever seen. I just, it makes my heart. It, it's a life, wide tooth comb. Life is tough sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know, life is tough. And then you look at this winter chart and you're like, these are the thinnest, the thinnest, you know, markings yeah. I've ever seen. So this makes you, gotta, you feel better or worse about life? It makes me feel good about life. Oh, good. You know? Okay, number two, SEMrush charts. And if you look at the SEMrush charts, there's like a kind of like a mountain range. And then if you keep going to the right, 
you see something that most people have grown up with, that's a sledding hill. This is a sledding hill with a jump at the end. Yeah. Oh, like a sledding 14th. hill. Yep, yeah. November 14th. That's when winter comes. That's when the jump comes. This is a sledding hill. Samrush, you can't fool me. I know what this is. This is a sledding hill, but you get number two. Number one is advanced web rankings because while Semrush was sledding, advanced web rankings went ahead and put two butt cheeks right in the chart. There's two butt cheeks sitting there right in the chart, Where? November 13th through oh. November 23rd. That is a very uneven rump. I'm seeing a lot more than two butt cheeks. Well, <laughs> I see two. <laughs> I see a smaller one after November 23rd. That um, looks like a different body part. Perhaps a grandma. <laughs> well, I see a butt. I see a giant butt cheek there, and that's why <laughs> two butt cheeks, maybe four butt cheeks. But advanced web rankings, you are the winner. And that was Barry's charts with Greg, a visual program about audio charts. An audio, audio program for visual, visual charts. charts. And next up from Charles Farina at Charles Farina on X. <laughs> He says, sampling has now been introduced to GA4 standard reports. Previously, all the standard reports were fully unsampled. This is no longer always the case. And you can see a warning if it is a very heavily sampled report. It's a kind of little red warning. And you can always check in the upper right, at least if you're in the Explorer, um, if something is sampled or not. So just a heads up on that. And then from Adrian Decker at Adrian underscore PPC on X, um, he says, new GA4 updates. Google, is Google has officially announced the improvement of data sampling in other row in the turn on or off comparison. So you can essentially, um, they're trying to reduce the likelihood of sampling for some of the, the uh, graphs and charts and things like that. Um, so they're trying to choose a table that provides the most accurate results for each query, reducing the likelihood of seeing the other row and data sampling. So again, just check it out. GA4 is not perfect. You need to use BigQuery and things like that. If you need help with that, we can help you with it. Um, but just know that all that data is not necessarily factual. Make sure that it's unsampled if you're looking for like sheer fact. From Lily Ray at Lily Ray NYC on X, she says, okay, I find this SGE result to be pretty unethical. I thought we talked about this last week. But I look back and this was launched after the show. Yeah, we didn't. Um, but she said, the query starts with a brand name. The query is Tech Radar, which is a magazine. And then Nintendo OLED, which is a type of a switch. And she says, the query starts with a brand name, clearly navigational. And instead of taking me to that site's page for the keyword, aka navigational search, it shows a bunch of information and links to products from other sites. When you think you're putting in a magazine name and a product, you would try to get information on that product from said magazine. At least that's what I would think. That would be, yep. With SGE, it is just giving basic Nintendo Switch OLED information. And then the links that it's using have nothing to do with tech radar. It's about the four best gaming consoles, the six best game, things that have nothing to do with tech radar. And people call Lily Ray, they say that she's like in the packet of Google. No, she's calling this out right now. And we're going to get to that in a second. So again, this is sort of like SGE gone wrong. Do I think they're going to fix this? Absolutely. All right. From Adrian Decker again, um, he says that uh, uh, 
Kishanu Kamar found that Google is testing with lines between the site links. I hate this. That is so ugly. This is the worst experiment test that I've ever seen. There is so much space taken up. Mm -hmm. Each thing looks different, though it's the same. I couldn't hate something more. Yeah. From Mike Ryan at Mike Ryan Retail on X. He's got a tweet saying the MC account overview has been updated and that is Merchant Center. Um, and it includes a prominent new column called Merchant Center version, which probably highlights how important the next uh, the Merchant Center next rollout will be in the months ahead. So if you're looking into all of your accounts, you can now see what version each um, client that you have in your accounts is on or I guess branch of your company, whatever those are on. All right. And... From Anthony Higman. Higman! He says, Google is pushing to tie all accounts together and prep for the Gmail purge. It's a reminder. Google will be deleting inactive Gmail accounts in eight days. That is accounts that have not been logged into in the last two years. Sign into Gmails. You have to avoid having them deleted. If you don't use it, you lose it. And when he said in eight days, that was on November 22nd. So by the time you're listening to this, I think you're done. You're done. Sorry. But as a reminder, if you have something that you don't regularly check, set it up quarterly like your partner rewards now that you have to go into freaking (laughs) quarterly. We just got a giant shipment here because I was like, Mm -hmm. I do not want to keep logging into this thing to keep my points. We've got cornhole. We've got foosball. And I don't even apply any of their stupid recommendations we oh, could have we got points for days yeah, we, could, we could have built a castle if we actually <laughs> listen to them okay anyway <laughs> all right this is a wild one um this is a story about sports illustrated and growing up as a kid like you always kind of looked up to sports illustrated i would beg to like get it at the grocery store and stuff like that that's how old i am um and there was an article from futurism that outed a few of their authors is potentially not being real, Tiffany <laughs> Gomez style. Um, they said there's nothing. So there was an, an author named Drew Ortiz, and Future said there was nothing in Drew Ortiz's author biography at Sports Illustrated to suggest he was anything other than human. And this is his bio. Drew has spent much of his life outdoors and is excited to guide you through his never-ending list of the best products to keep you from falling to the perils of nature, it read. Nowadays, there is rarely a weekend that goes by where Drew isn't out camping, hiking, or just back at his parents' farm. That is the most inhuman thing I've ever read. Okay. And so Futurism goes on to say, the only problem... Outside of Sports Illustrated, Drew Ortiz doesn't seem to exist. He has no social media presence, no publishing history, and more. even more strangely, his profile photo on Sports Illustrated <laughs> is for sale on a website that sells AI-generated headshots, where he is described as a neutral, white, young adult male with short brown hair and blue eyes. I have so much to say. We are going to mm-hmm. be long. Should I shut up No. Or talk about it? Okay. I thought the whole point of an AI-generated headshot mm-hmm. is to tell AI to make a headshot and you get a unique headshot. Mm-hmm. There are sites out there doing <laughs> that and then selling it to other people. Why would you go make an AI headshot, put it for sale like a stock photo, and have somebody buy that? That doesn't make any sense. Because now I can buy it too. Right. This is what Jess Bud looks like. Why don't you take a picture of somebody and say, change it by 50% or something? Ooh, or combine yeah. four different people together mm-hmm. or something. Ooh. 
Like that's the whole point of AI. The whole point of AI is to buy it off of a Shutterstock looking website like cool. this one has. It has watermarks look on it. Look at this picture. I know. I just, you look at that and think that's a real person? I can't. There's somebody out there making money yeah. off of generating AI headshots and selling them. That's insane. Go use uh, Wind Journey or whatever it's called. Mid Journey, not Wind Journey, whatever. Pupils are like in a weird yeah. place. His teeth are weird. And nobody crops a headshot like that. Anyway, so sometime in the summer, Ortiz disappeared from the Sports Illustrate, Illustrated site entirely. And his profile page instead redirected to that of Sora Tanaka. <laughs> and there's no online record of a writer by that name, but Tanaka's profile picture for sale is on the same AI headshot marketplace as Ortiz. And her bio read, Sora has always been a fitness guru and loves to try different food and drinks. Ms. Tanaka is thrilled to bring her fitness and nutritional expertise to the product reviews team and promises to bring you nothing but the best of the best. Um, she it, writes about different things than he did, and his profile was just replaced. Yeah. So if you think that's funny, um, basically she got pulled down. I got moved to somebody else without a profile pic. There was no byline saying like <laughs> this was originally written by Drew Ortiz or, or Sora, whatever. Um, and Sports Illustrated had since removed the content, and apparently they had hired somebody named Advian, allegedly Commerce, Um they work with retailers and publishers, and they might have outsourced this to AI and cooked this up. So you kind of need to know what you're doing if you're a publisher. That's pretty so bad. That I, I don't know. Fool me once, fool me twice. And this was my favorite part. Mm -hmm. The Sports Illustrated Union said, these practices violate everything we believe in about journalism. We demand that the company commit to adhering to basic journalistic standards, including not publishing computer-written stories by fake people. <laughs> people get mad about unions. That's the best union yeah. demand I've ever yeah. heard in my life. That is so, like, yeah. Yeah, don't publish computer-written stories by fake people. Sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. e pluribus unum, and then that. Yeah. All right, next up from Search Engine Land, the number of websites blocking Google extended jump 180%, according to Danny Goodwin. Um, this is so that Bard cannot get into a bunch of these sites and steal the content. And some of those websites blocking Google extended include Ziff Davis properties, like PC Mag, not Computer World, Jess, Mashable, um, Fox, New York Times, Condé Nast, Yelp. Um, they're all blocking Bard. All right, Google is also updating its video publisher policy. If you want to see if there's going to be an impact on your video inventory, um, head on over to community.marketingclock or newsletter.marketingclock, get the story. Um, they're making it basically adhere to IAB standards a little bit more. And want a little SEO drama today or want to save it to next week? I mean, I love drama, but okay. if you're feeling done. So Jake Ward, at Jake Z Ward on X, had a screenshot and a thread that started with, we pulled off an SEO heist that stole 3.6 million total traffic from a competitor. We got almost 500,000 in traffic in October alone. Here's how we did it. And apparently Jake said that they exported the um, competitor sitemap. They turned their list of URLs into article titles. Then they created 1,800 articles from those titles at scale using AI. 
And 18 months later, they've stolen 3.6 million in total traffic and 490K in monthly traffic. He's got a whole thread. You could go follow him if you want on Jake Z. Warden X. Sounds like computer written stories by fake people to me. It sure does, but it works in this case. In this case, for a bit, I'll add. (laughs) (laughs) So there was kind of like a back and forth between people saying like, hey, this is like really bad. You're not shedding SEOs in good light. Like maybe go to the alligator party or something like that. Um, And then there were people supporting it. So Mike King at iPollRank on X said, I'm not sure why people are mad at this. This is literally what we all do manually anyway. Shout out to Jake Z. Ward for working smarter, not harder. And then there are other folks like Lily Ray at Lily Ray NYC on X saying, imagine bragging about stealing like this in any other industry. These kinds of posts are why I wish Google would take a stronger stance against purely AI content. Because to me, this feels like quintessential auto-generated content. Curious to see what happens over time. Well, thankfully, Lily, you don't have to wait too much time for this one. Because ExcelJet, at ExcelJet on X said, as the 10-year-old website featured in this case study, but otherwise not credited, we are curious to see what SEO pros like Glenn Gabe, Lily Ray, Rusty Brick, Cyrus Shepard, Aleda, Dr. Pete, think about large-scale efforts to steal traffic with AI. So ExcelJet seems like the one that was stolen from mm-hmm. and bragged and boasted about by the other guy whose name I already forgot. Um, so, and then Lily Ray goes on to say, often the tactics that lead to the biggest growth in SEO in the short term, assuming they are against Google's guidelines or close to being against guidelines if you read between the lines, are the same tactics that Google cracks down on with future updates. And then from Ross, Ross Hudgens, at Ross Hudgens on X, interview coming soon on our Marketing Clock YouTube channel, Ross writes, Google has stolen this traffic back. According to HRF, traffic is falling off a cliff. I do not see any rankings present in using a site search operator. Only the homepage is currently indexed. Do not embarrass Google. And then Lily Ray went on to say, must be nice to be on Google's web spam team these days. Everyone is doing their work for them for free. And that's it in organic. What's happening in social, bud? First up in social this week from the information by way of Glenn Gabe. He posted on X, TikTok ignited a frenzy for short videos. Now it wants longer ones and even horizontal ones. Then he quotes the article from the information that says TikTok told creators that users are now spending half their time on the app watching content that's longer than a minute. And over the past six months, creators who posted videos longer than a minute have five times the growth rate in followers than those who only post short videos. So we'll have the link to the full article in our show notes so you can dive in further. But the point is TikTok is and has been zigging where everyone else is zagging. They invented short form in theory, and now they're going the other way and it's driving engagement. So if you're on TikTok, think about that. And this one's a smart move. For sure. YouTube doesn't care about their long videos anymore. We saw that survey where creators are making uh, less longer videos and catering more towards shorts. I'm sorry, but those creators are not making videos catering towards shorts. They're making short form videos. And if TikTok can come up with a way to have long-term video, have a, you know apps and things that where you can watch content by creators that's like good engaging things on TV and things like that, great, great. Yep. YouTube needs a competitor. And I think 
by chasing the quick dollars of shorts, which I might or might not have done in their shoes, probably wouldn't have, they're opening themselves up for another competitor in long form. And I hope it's TikTok and I hope they win. Yeah, they probably will. They probably will. Um, stick talking with that video platform. There is a new feature to help creators and brands make content that more effectively resonates with TikTok users. It's called Creative Cards. You do have to register to access the feature, but once you have access, you will get a deck, digital deck, with hundreds of data-backed prompts focused around community, edutainment, tools, trends, and storytelling. So depending on what you're into and what you're trying to do, you can get some creative inspiration. TikTok said creative cards will help you develop new ways to communicate with concise ad concepts displayed in a collection of digital cards. With so many thought starters at the ready, it's easy to keep your content fresh and avoid getting stale with the help which can help you attract attention to seasonal products and gift ideas. So in the announcement, there's a lot of talk about the holiday season, but really the prompts themselves are meant to be evergreen and last all year long. So if you need some inspiration on TikTok, definitely check that out. Moving over to X, Elon Musk posted on X in an upcoming release, X will overlay the title in the upper portion of the image of a URL card. This is in relation to how they got rid of headlines on posts that were going up. And I just love this from Lindsay Fifield. She responded and said, please stop fixing things that aren't broken so that they then need to be fixed when you break them. I just love that. Leave it alone. Fixed. Keeping it X here, Keith Gould at K underscore underscore Gould on X. He works for them. He posted, FYI, just deployed a change to allow you to embed videos and broadcasts from X as a standalone, not within a tweet. Notice he said tweet. Official comms to come shortly. I did not see any official communication, but basically you can embed a video without like the usual tweet or post around it. And there's just a little X um, watch on X button in the top left that will link back to the platform. So if you're looking to embed something and say a blog post or a piece of content, and you want it to look cleaner, but it's originally a uh, post on X, you can do that with less clutter. So that's nice. Ew. An experiment from the Wall Street Journal had some disturbing results. It's a quote from the article. The journal sought to determine what Instagram's Reels algorithm would recommend to test accounts set up to follow only young gymnasts, cheerleaders, and other teen and preteen influencers active on the platform. Uh, the thing, the results were stunning. Um, stunning? Nah, well, no, I chose the wrong word there. It depends what you're into. And um, I'm a family man. So basically, the stream of videos recommended by Instagram to said test accounts included an ad for Bumble, a video of somebody stroking the face of a life-size latex doll, a video of a young girl with a digitally obscured face lifting up her shirt to expose her stomach, a Pizza Cut, a Pizza Hut commercial that followed. Oh, that's the most egregious. Okay. A, yeah, a video of a man lying on a bed with his arm around what the caption said was a 10-year-old girl. That's not Instagram's fault. What is Pizza Hut doing? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. They really got railroaded yeah. there. They really <laughs> did. Like nobody, pizza is dead. Tacos are king. I don't know, but that's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Um, the Canadian Center for Child Protection separately ran similar tests and got similar results. So it's not just the Wall Street Journal, but Meta, if you ask them, they say that um, the test produced a manufactured experience that doesn't represent what billions of users see. But again, separate tests saw similar results, so I don't know. Um, they also declined to comment on why algorithms compiled the stream of results that it did. A spokesperson of the platform did, however, note that there are new brand safety tools for advertisers to control where your ads show, and that Instagram either removes or reduces the prominence of 
4 million videos suspected of violating its standards each month. I would say it sounds like that's not enough. This is weird. And Pizza Hut should do something different with their advertising, but I... I would say the ad for the dating app Bumble probably would be good. I think that's of looking fine. At that's a junk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go find a real life person. Yeah. I think that's okay. But then but it's not like, the pe- that pizza yeah. is a yeah. line too far. Yeah. yeah. So you don't click Bumble. What's next? Pizza with children. All right. Hopefully unrelated, but FYI, Instagram has officially rolled out the ability for all users to download publicly posted Reels clips. That's a good band name. Pizza with children. <laughs> is it? No. Depends who your target audience is. And with that, I'm done. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. Nicole, what's going on in your accounts this week? All right. So I think you had mentioned this a week or two before about how we've been testing using forms to request um, changes, updates with our clients. They're integrated into our ClickUp, different permission settings, awesome stuff. And this week, at least with one of my clients, we officially did the process for the first time and it is working so hard for us. Um, This client usually had to come from Slack or email or a spreadsheet we shared. And there's so many different people on the team that need to get a hold of us to request this. So um, using a clip, click up form really has streamlined the process. Love it. Working hard. Working hard for me is Sprout Social. Um, new to the platform in the last month or so, but it really is. I know it's a little bit more on the pricey side, but if you have the budget for it as a social scheduling tool, it does so much more. This is not a paid promotion, but it has really good reporting. You get all your DMs in one inbox. It has really been handy for our team. And so I would say it is working hard for us. Greg? Something working hard for me is top articles on X. I am a I don't know the name of it anymore. Twitter Blue. I'm Twitter Blue (laughs) is what I paid for. Um, But if you have that, you can see top articles by people you follow. And it's actually a really good aggregation of like sort of what's being shared out there by your followers. So I use that all the time for news, just like keeping up with things and seeing what's going on. So I actually really like the top articles. You kind of got to dig around for it, which is weird, but working hard. That is three for three working hard this week. I don't know if we've ever been universally positive. And I don't know if we ever will be again. So you're witnessing history here, folks. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. This week's cool tool is a placement exclusion list you just can't miss. I apologize if that's a repeat rhyme, but I thought it was pretty good. From Thomas Assel, it's a list of YouTube channels to exclude if you're in demand gen and honestly probably a great resource just for anybody that's running video campaigns. So check it out. It's a Google Sheet, not an Assel file. And it's crowdsourced by the community and growing by the day. It is a great bookmark for Team Paid. I love to see all the suggestions from folks in there already. I would encourage you to contribute to it so it can keep growing and everybody's campaigns can keep getting more efficient and more effective as always we will have the link in our newsletter as well as on discord it's newsletter dot and community dot marketing respectively so pick your poison and check it out now it's time for our must read marketing article of the week an article so advanced so in-depth 
so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week is from the one, the only, Lily Ray over on Search Engine Land, Google's 2023 Search Quality Rater Guidelines Update. Here's what's changed. And Lily does a great job of breaking down all of the guidance changes that have occurred with this recent update we talked about last week, all the different page citations, if you want to see it for yourself, screenshots, and then also kind of breaking everything down and why it matters. And I think that's the most important part. It's not just like, oh, this changed, but it's more like, well, there's now deeper explanations for minor interpretations. And if you care about that, Lily has you covered. This is the best piece I've seen on this. So if you're interested about the search quality rater guidelines and the changes, don't miss it. Thank you, Lily. And now onto our playlist of curated songs to work to, which you can find over at playlist.marketingoclock.com. Nicole, what is going on the playlist for you this week? I will be adding Be Sweet by Japanese Breakfast. Love that. Greg? I'll be adding Alaska by Maggie Rogers. Right. And for me, it's Anarchy by Lilith Sar. So rock out, everybody. All right. That does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening. We miss you already. Can't wait to see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. Welcome to this week's Shoot in the Heck, where after our famous Friday news show, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the heck. This week, we are playing... I don't know. This isn't everybody's favorite game. It's just trivia. Trivia this week. Someone's favorite game. Well, when we were coming into the office this morning, it was full-on winter here in Western New York. So we are going to play some winter trivia, okay? And if you get the answer on the nose or the closest answer, I'm the judge. So don't you even dare combat me. <laughs> Without right? going over? Yes. And okay, I'm the okay. judge on anything else. I'm just going to say the closest. The closest. So no prices, right rules. And oh, I'm choosing um, closest. So okay. we can go over. Yeah. Yeah. You're not thinking about this the right way, and you'll find out pretty soon. Okay, so to ring in tables, Jess and Nicole, please use your first name. Okay, to start us off, how fast do snowflakes fall on average? Nicole. Nicole. Um, two miles per hour. Jess. Jess. 16 miles per hour. <gasps> tables. Tables. 23 miles per hour. Nicole gets it. The correct answer is three to four miles per hour. So I would have accepted three or four as a correct answer. And I guess this is winter adjacent because you kind of need to know this in a winter. What month is Earth closest to the sun? Jess. Jess. July. Nicole. Nicole. June. Tables. June. <laughs> she just said June. <laughs> What if what if it's the right answer and we both got it? I would call it out. If you get it on the nose, I call it out. May. Tables is the winner. The correct month is January. It is counterintuitive to what, what you may think. It's due to the um, the angle away from the sun. Oh. Um, the axis wow. is tilted away from the sun. Wow. Okay. How many sides does a snowflake have? Jess. Jess. Wait, sides or points? Sides. <laughs> Many. <laughs> Six. 
On the nose. Everybody's got a point. Ooh. We got a battle here. <clears throat> How tall was the largest snowman ever built? You've got answers. 50 feet, 101 feet, 113 feet, 126 feet. Tables. Tables. 126 feet. I don't think I was listening Jess. to the options. 50 feet. Okay. You can pick between 101 feet or 113 feet. One of them is correct, Nicole. Um, Nicole, 113. <laughs> Got it. On the nose. Wow. How did you get nose. it right there? <laughs> Multiple choice. On its old carrot nose there. Okay. What is the only insect that migrates to a warmer climate each Jess. year? Jess. Butterfly. More specific, please. The monarch. Correct. Okay, Jess and Nicole both have two. Tables has one. What bird sticks around in snowy winters instead of migrating? Jess. Jess. Cardinal. Correct. Jess, you have three. Okay, this is where, see, that's where I was saying you could be closest. <laughs> you can't I'm pick the closest bird. No, you can't be a higher bird. Take an Oriole over a raven because at least there's a little more color. Uh, so you're going to announce a winner yeah, I, each round no matter what. No matter what. Okay. 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 It makes so sense. Do you want to keep now. going? Or wanna, yeah, I love okay. this. I'm winning. What animal is known for its large snowshoe like hind feet and seasonal fur, fur color change? Jess. Jess. Rabbit. Tables. You're close. <laughs> Nothing. No right. idea. Nicole. Nicole. Chipmunk. A snowshoe hare. Oh, that's oh. a rabbit. Yeah, you yeah. would have got it. It would have been hard for somebody to get it. But if they got it on the nose, they could have got it. It's a cute little snowshoe hare nose. Okay. What large mammals are excellent swimmers and can swim for several hours in icy water? Jess. Oh. Jess. Polar bear. Correct. Jess is five Sorry, to nothing. Everybody else is out at this point. <laughs> what animal has the densest fur of any land mammal? It helps them stay warm in the Andes Mountains. Oh, Andes. Where are the Andes Mountains? Jess. Jess. Alpaca. Okay. Remember, you just got to get closest to the animal. I'm the judge. Just pick an animal. Nicole. Nicole. Billy goat. Okay. Nicole is currently in the lead. <laughs> <laughs> Like something closer hey. than a billy goat. <laughs> mountain what? goat. I think a billy goat is smaller than a mountain goat, so I'm going to give it to Nicole. It's a chinchilla, a little chinchilla. <laughs> okay, you want to keep more of these or we're done with this? I love this because okay. the closeness what is really fun. <laughs> animal migrates long distances between polar feeding grounds and warmer breeding areas? I'll give you a hint. It's a mammal. Jess. Jess. Yak. Okay. Wow, look at that. Look at Nicole. So you, you, to make that look, you have to have something in that brain of yours to make that look. You better have a good guess here. You better have a good guess coming. Nicole just made the funniest face. Oh, a seal's not a mammal. Yeah, seal's very, I think a very seal's a mammal. mammal. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say seal. Okay, tables. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Penguin. It's too damn hot for a penguin to be just walking around here. Penguin is a bird. So that is not correct. All right. It is a humpback whale. Nicole is on to something. Here. But unfortunately, too little, too late. And Jess is our big winter winner here. Thank you, Jess. And we will see you next week.